0: This episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. If you're looking to install some new windows or a new door, a great place to start with Pella is their showroom. Sometimes it helps to see the windows and see the doors and open them and close them to get a better feel for exactly what you're installing in your home. Their showrooms are really cool. they got showrooms in Omaha and in Lincoln, so go check them out. Or you can check Pella out online at PellaOmaha.com. That's Pella, Omaha. And the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by my good pals at Runza. I just, I love it when I get these tweets. Cody tweeted at me and said this. Hit up the Runza super secret menu today. Had pickles put on my Runza. Who'd have thought? Thanks, Nick. I, I love it, Cody. I just, I love it. You need to take advantage of the super secret menu where you realize you can put anything within reason on a Runza. You want pickles like Cody? Go for it. You want ranch? Go for it. You want pepper jack cheese on your Runza? Go for it. Why? Because every Runza starts as an original Runza sandwich, so you can add anything in the kitchen, within reason, onto your Runza sandwich. Absolutely delicious. Get to Runza and make it your way exactly how you want it. Give it a try. Runza makes it all better. Okay, uh, got another outstanding podcast on deck for you today. On the pod, Matt Abdelmasi, Nebraska basketball assistant coach, second time on the pod. He is uh, basically the head recruiter for Fred Hoiberg, and he's really one of the most respected recruiters in all of college basketball. He's extremely tied in. He's a tireless worker, especially in the transfer world. And you know, with with Nebraska having a consensus top twenty recruiting class with five recruits and then two big transfers coming in as well, I wanted to get Matt on to give us an in depth breakdown of all really seven newcomers and and what we can expect from them, especially. Uh, five-star recruit Bryce McGowans, the little brother of Trey McGowans, um, who is the headliner of the class, big-time player, six-six, silky smooth wing. I mean, just a, a really, really, really talented dude. So this, this was good, man. We, we get into the recruits with Matt, but we also take a look back on last year and all the struggles with COVID and how it impacted the team. And I loved his answer to this. I asked him who he tabs as the returner that needs to have a really, really big offseason. So you got, you know, you got five or so different returners. I said, who, who needs to have the biggest offseason? Thought his answering was really, really his answer was really, really interesting. This so Husk Groups fans are going to absolutely love this, man. Matt has always been really good to me, so I think you guys are going to enjoy it, man. So let's get to it. Here is my podcast chat with Nebraska basketball assistant coach Matt Abdelmassey. Enjoy. On the line now, Matt Massey Nebraska basketball assistant coach, second time on the podcast. Matt, welcome back. How you doing, my man?
1: I'm doing really well. Um, you know, I must have done a decent job the first time because <laughs> I got invited back for a second time, but everything is going well and just happy to finally put a lot of what everyone's been going through the last year and the rear view mirror and looking forward ahead to, to a productive summer with our program and with our guys individually. and um, You know, definitely grateful to be in the position we are.
0: No doubt. I mean, I, you know, I, I, uh, I, I wanted to bring you on cause I wanted, there's a lot of different things I want to touch on with you, mainly yeah. the, a lot of the newcomers that, yeah. uh, I mean, you guys got, I think seven new guys coming in, but before we, before we kind of look at the newcomers, I want to look back real quick because you already kind of go in there with it. I, I kept saying all last offseason, Matt, that like not all situations are the same in terms of how COVID impacts a team. Like, right? you know, you guys really needed a regular offseason of workouts and practices last spring and summer, and you didn't get them. Like a team like Iowa, for instance, it hurts them, but. When they're returning their entire core, their you know three or four year guys that have been together in the system, all that stuff, it doesn't hurt them as bad. Where mm-hmm. did, where did you feel like not having a normal spring and summer with workouts and all that stuff hurt you guys in the season the most?
1: Just overall practices. I mean, I think we had sixty percent less practices this past season than we had our first year, and. It, it never can go unnoticed, although when you say it, it comes across as an excuse. No, we certainly no, right. don't want to come across that way. You play the games, you know, whether you're practicing, not practicing, and the results are what everybody sees. And that's what you're judged on. But for us internally, where it just was a major hurdle is just growing as a team, growing individually just having those practices where there's camaraderie, which you know better than anybody um, when you have new guys, the way that you're building that is in practice and learning about each other. Not only that, just camaraderie with the staff. Right. I mean, it's very hard for the staff to have any type of relationship with the guys because one, they're not coming up to your office. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not spending time with them there. You're not spending time with them eating meals. Um, and on top of it, you're really not spending time with them in practice because you just didn't have as many. So just overall chemistry, you know, really hurts you. And uh, one thing that we were really proud of is with all the adversity that we did hit, it speaks volume to the character of the guys with how they battled post-COVID shutdown for us because we legitimately were in – I would say the majority of every single game where you had a shot to win. And that speaks to to the type of kids that we do have in our program and what we're really excited about.
0: Yeah, cuz the, the thing that's cool is you guys are playing your best basketball at the end of the year. And there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of guys that maybe would have, you know, thrown in the towel whether it's COVID, whether it's not winning, and you guys certainly yeah. weren't doing that. Get in get in I want to get inside that though for a second because h- how yeah. did you guys keep the guys Confident and and pushing forward when when the wins and all those readily accessible excuses maybe weren't there like is it as simple yeah. as being process oriented and not results oriented because that had to have been really really hard for you guys.
1: So for for us, I always say that Fred's strongest skill set as a head coach and leader is his ability to get across to guys to make them feel like they're superheroes and nothing can get in their way. It's better than him drawing a play out of a timeout, which he's a lead. It's yeah. better than his offensive schemes, which is elite. His ability to make guys feel like they can accomplish anything if they put their mind to it is, to me, what really separates him. I saw it in our years at Iowa State. Guys always played above their weight class, and I think that's what it was is that, It just took a while for guys to learn about Fred, learn about the program. And we saw that towards the end of the year where offensively we saw for the first time since we've been at Nebraska what a Fred Hoiberg offense looks like. Right. And a lot of that has to do with the unselfishness that is preached on a daily basis throughout our program. And we saw that our assist numbers were phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Our shooting percentages were phenomenal. Those last seven games of the year, you know, offensively, we were one of the best offensive teams in the league. And, you know, the the thing that you can't teach is experience. And I really do feel like the experience of losing so many close games battling is going to give our guys the motivation this offseason, knowing how close we are. They're a very, very motivated group. The day we got back from Indianapolis from the Big Ten tournament, they legitimately were ready to work because they could feel it. Kobe Webster, the single reason why he came back, because he had no intentions of coming back. Me and him had plenty of conversations. He felt it. We're there. We are right there. So I would say that's the biggest thing is – is uh of course the process. Sure. I mean, one of the most overused words, <laughs> of course. Right. It, um the trust the process right. with the Sixers, yep. all that stuff. Yep. Um, but it, it, it I mean it it's is true. Like when when, right. when you are building, there is no exact science for what the daily battles you're gonna face. Mm-hmm. And where it is important is when you have a plan, you don't panic. It's people that don't have a plan that panic. Right. And for us, people always talk about how we handle ourselves, specifically Fred and the media, where there's always a sense of calmness because we're not panicking. We right. we fully believe in what we're building and where we're headed. And, uh, you know, we were dealt a, a really um, bad set of cards where, yes. you know, we had the worst set at the table. and. Right you know it's going to take some time um to do that and we feel like going into year 3 we have that momentum
0: can you okay uh you know you talk about the 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 bad set of cards i mean one of those and you kind of hit on it already was getting the covid pause in the season i mean you're out yeah. for a month um you, you know i mean almost ha- i mean almost everyone on your on your team gets it uh, Matt, yeah. i i i always tell people i remember when i was playing i would go home for christmas for like yep. two or three days and yep. When I would get back that first practice, my lungs are burning, my legs are burning. Like that's two or three days, Matt, of not yeah, like of yeah. not really being in practice. You guys, it was almost the better part of a month of not really being yeah. on the floor and hitting it hard. Everyone from the outside, Matt, was like, oh, COVID pause, it's hard," and then they kind of move on to the next thing. It's like, no, 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 it's ridiculously hard. Can you kind of get? get us inside your program during that time, just how hard it was going through that month of where you guys were off?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a week of just constant gut punches where we had a minimum of two guys that tested positive for over seven straight days. And it was constant gut punches where you get a text message that this person tested positive. Of course, you know, for me personally, testing positive, um, you know, just the whole deal for 20 plus days was extremely challenging and doesn't get talked about is when a guy is on campus a player is on campus and specifically for me there's a level of responsibility that you have to care for those kids mm-hmm. and when you recruit them like I do you know that strong relationship and bond is something where you want to be there for them, especially if they're in quarantine for 10 days. Right. But, Nick, yeah. I'm battling it myself. Right. I right. don't even have the stamina to have a two minute conversation with somebody because I mean, I got hit hard. I still don't have any taste or smell, and oh, I had wow. it in January. Oh. And that was very challenging dealing with these guys mentally and getting them in a place where we're going to be able to overcome this, we're going to be fine we're going to play games again. Cause there was a fear like, well, what's going to happen. We might not play games, right? This might be it. You know, we don't even know if we'll have enough guys to come back if they don't get cleared properly through all the protocols set in place by the, the conference. So the challenging part was the mental makeup, right. you know, Fred had it. Fred was in bad shape for a few days. You know, he's the head coach and he's have to having to worry about his own condition Uh, pre-existing conditions that he has while battling covid but at the same time caring for the nine plus kids that are in quarantine and listen when kids aren't in quarantine it's difficult to manage them Mm -hmm. let alone when you're locked up in a room and you're literally being told you cannot leave right
0: yeah very very challenging brutal i couldn't imagine i just wanted to you know it's one thing to to think about it or hear about it from the outside looking in. I wanted to get some perspective on the inside because yeah. it's, yep. it's it's crazy, man. The Dick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. And I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go onto Pella's website right now, you look at it. And how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors. for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. So you bring up Kobe and him coming back. I can't imagine in your time at Iowa State that you were you ever had a scenario where you were returning more of your scoring. You know, like, yeah. you know, and you guys, what's interesting is just two years, you go from probably having the least amount of continuity in returning scoring to a ton of it with with Trey and and Banton and Lat and Kobe and, and Derek Walker and and Eduardo Andre all coming yeah. back. Like, enormously important to get those guys to stay. Which of yeah. those returners, Matt, do you maybe kind of circle as like, we need a real – like, they all need to take a step, right? But, like, is there maybe one guy that you're like, man, we really – what, what would be nice is if in October we're all looking at each other like, man, this guy had a big offseason, has taken a big step. Is there one yeah. guy that
1: rises up? Yeah, I mean, they each individually bring something that is vital for us to be successful next year. I would say, though, the one guy is Lat Mayan, And the reason why I say that is when our offense is clicking, yeah. the position he plays is one – that stands out because there's not many bigs that are like him that have the size at six, nine, that can be an elite shooter. Like he is, he really started shooting the ball with the confidence that we knew he could towards the end of the season. Right. And he had a rough, rough start. If you take away the start, he had, I believe he started one for 15 in league play. You take that away. I mean, he was over a 43% shooter in conference play. You know, averaging just under nine points per game, he's a kid that you would expect to easily be in the double digits um, next year. The other thing is is he should be on the floor a lot more, too, because he was put in positions where he did have to play five, the five position because Derek Walker missed the right, early part of the games season. Whatever, so yeah. with all those variables, I really do feel like he can have an absolutely tremendous year. Um, The one thing that I'm really excited about, and of course we all are, most importantly Fred, is the guys were returning from a shooting standpoint, shot the ball really, really well for us. Mm -hmm. If you go through their percentages, and you know the guys that aren't returning, if you take away their statistics from shooting the ball, I mean our team was we were close to a a 39% shooting team from three Mm -hmm. and you know our best teams at iowa state had that you brought up the continuity pieces you know that's one thing where we talk about the transfer portal stuff and just the chaos that's created you know i've always kind of worked off chaos and roster turnover for my entire career no team that i've had been around and, and been a part of building has ever had this much scoring come back right and that's exciting because in a in a culture that's being created as unstable i feel like we have stability because when you take transfers for the most part they're not going to transfer again because there's layers of uncertainty when you do transfer a second time that you're going to have to go through through a waiver process or however they set it up so i've always felt when you take a transfer, right. there is stability that's created, and I know that sounds no, you're right bizarre. No. I never thought of that, but um, yeah. that that's how what I've always felt
0: you well, you kind of go in there because I was going to ask you this at the end of the, at the end of the conversation, but the, the the transfer rule and the fact that now guys can be eligible immediately if, for their first transfer, how does that impact you guys? Because it kind of felt like you were way ahead of the pack, like way yeah, ahead of the pack yeah. back in Iowa State with recruiting yeah. transfers. Now it's going to be it's kind of been what everybody does, but even more so now. Yeah. How, how do you kind of see that situation for you guys? I
1: mean, Nick, when. Uh, one thing I'm really confident about is um, being involved with transfers and getting kids that fit and where it's at today, where the difficulty is, is of course the competitiveness at getting kid transfers is a lot higher than it was before. Right. You know, when we took it off at Iowa state, there was the usual suspects of schools that were involved with transfers that you just knew would always be there at the end. And today, every school in the country has to recruit them. But I will say that when you recruit transfers, it's a 365-day-a-year yeah, job. Right. right. It's not one that you can ever take a break. And why I say that is the nuts and bolts of recruiting transfers is information. Mm-hmm. You need to always have information and there's like a happiness meter. Right. And you need to know (laughs) who's happy and who's not. Right. And that doesn't mean, you know, people say, well, that's tampering. No, no, you're not talking to kids directly. Right. You know, is there, is there people that do I mean, maybe I'm sure there is, but you are talking to their club coach. You're talking to a high school coach and you're gathering information. And if you do your work early, you know, by the time the kids in the portal, you already have a sense of where things are at and you just don't waste your time. And, you know, you're efficient with the way you do things. And that's what I've always prided myself on is doing that work early. Right. And, you know, having a group of kids where, you know, you can get involved with, but overall, yeah, of course, the competitiveness has made things a lot more challenging, but fortunately for me, reputation wise with transfers. And as you know, me and Fred's reputation with transfers has really, um, not interrupted anything that we're trying to do when it comes to them
0: yeah I mean you guys are are knocking it out of the park in that on that front how before we get into specific I want to go through these newcomers and get your 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 two cents on them how hard has it been Matt for you to recruit and evaluate without a being on the road and sitting in these AAU gyms or whatever and physically seeing these guys in front of you and then also not being able to bring them on campus to get them to see how amazing the facilities in the city of Lincoln can be. Because you know it is like, there's a perception of Lincoln, and then I'm sure you get it all the time. They get here, and they're like, oh, this is great. And yeah. same thing with, with film. Film can, yeah. fi- film, you look at a player on film, and then you see him in person, and their size, their quickness, their length, the, all that stuff can be totally different. How challenging has that been for you?
1: Well, I'll never take a kid off a film. I don't believe evaluating off a film. The stakes are too high. I need to be in the gym. I need to see how he reacts when he goes to the bench. I need to see his interaction with the coaches and teammates. And you're not going to get that off a film. Um, It's very similar to meeting with somebody, right? Right. Zoom is all good. (laughs) But looking someone in the eye to really know what's going on that's where it's at, and that's where the value of, call, of a relationship starts and manifests over time. You can't do that on, on film. And, Nick, none of the kids that we brought in were based off of film. We were very fortunate to do our work early with these kids where I've already watched them live prior to the pandemic starting where um, you felt comfortable enough to take them. Wilhelm Breitenbach did his official visit, you know, that fall, that first fall we got to Nebraska, and he saw it firsthand, and that was a relationship that was built over time. Of course, Bryce McGowan's, I mean, I've known him since he's in the eighth grade, um, you know, seen him play live, you know, 50-plus times. Um, so, Shay Tomanaga, same thing. I mean, there was a relationship that was built a long time ago, but the all every single newcomer, that relationship started prior to COVID and really benefited us greatly because, for instance, Wilhelm he had incredible options. Right. But he didn't visit those schools. Right. And that was a huge advantage for us because him and his family, the information that they had on Nebraska was a lot more than any other program in the country that was recruiting him. Right and that put us in a huge advantage so um yeah i firm believer about the whole watching kids online i I, you just truly don't get a feel and in today's day and age you really don't want to ever take a kid just to take him and then him be in the transfer portal 10 months later
0: right No, no question about it um well, you you know you, you you drop some of those names. Let's go through a few of them yeah. here because you got a consensus top twenty class. It's really an impressive group, especially when you add the you know you add C.J. Wilcher and Keon Edwards yeah, to it as well. Let, I mean, let's talk about the guy that everyone's on the uh, you know excited to see, and that's that's Bryce McGowns. I mean, five star, yeah. uh, six six wing. I mean, holy crap! Like you watch yeah. this dude play, it's it's pretty special. I mean, how yeah. special is he?
1: Yeah, I mean, I personally think he's unbelievably special when you're talking about a modern day true wing that not only can dominate the college level but play at the next level that is the prototype of who bryce is in his game shoots the heck out of the ball um smooth stroke unlimited range um really effortless um when it comes to his athleticism it's elite you know, it stands out. The whole family family's elite. They yeah. get it from the mom, not the dad. <laughs> I always make fun- I always make fun of him that the mom is holding that up. Yep. Um, but yeah, he he's a special of a talent as I've ever recruited. Been fortunate enough to recruit a lot of high level players, but there's something about him where he's got a chip on his shoulder, even though he's highly ranked. There, there's a level of being hungry to prove people wrong and the thing that separates him though is I just tweeted this out the other day because it was his brother Trey's 21st birthday what makes the McGowan's kids so special is they were brought up as just work hard everything else will just fall into place no one can ever take away your work ethic and that speaks volume in today's day and age cuz not a lot of kids especially kids that have that fifth star there is a distinct difference and you know this yeah when a kid gets the fifth star versus a four star and there's a lot of layers to that but there's a distinct difference yes and with that being said not to say that when you get the fifth star you kind of just say okay my job is done i don't have to work anymore He's used it as motivation that I'm ranked where I'm ranked. I don't belong there. I belong in the in the top five category. Because that's how I feel. I played these kids. I know what I'm capable of. And what makes it really cool is he has put it on him that he knows there's gonna be a lot of eyes on him and he is all about trying to do something special at Nebraska. Yeah. And he's very excited about trying to make history in a place that just doesn't have the history and tradition yep. like the programs that were recruiting him that's really cool yeah it can't is can't get on can't go unnoticed that a kid at that age is really excited about doing something special where you know someday when he comes back to PBA there's a standing ovation out of respect because
0: of what he did here god it's exciting i can i can't wait to watch this dude next year it's going to be it's going to be fun the nick by podcast is brought to you by my good friends at runza everybody that knows my athletic background you know as a quarterback in high school. But you know, I believe in establishing the run game. And even more than that, I believe in establishing the Runza game. That's an original Runza cheeseburger, some onion rings, double dipped in a homemade batter, a little bit of a pop to top it off. You know, in football, you establish a run. But at lunch, you establish the Runza. It's just that simple. So get out to Runza today and establish the Runza game or Check out the delicious salads. You got the chicken bacon ranch salad, sweet berry chicken salad, and my personal favorite, the Southwest chicken salad. You got to get out to Runza, establish a Runza game, or get a salad. Either way, you are going to leave satisfied. Runza makes it all better. What about the uh, the Japanese Steph Curry, to- Tominaga? I mean, is, is the nickname appropriate? Give it to me.
1: Yeah, you know what, man? Like... I've been fortunate enough to work for two head coaches that made money shooting the basketball, Chris Mullin, Hall of Famer, and clearly Fred. And I started the process of recruiting and building a relationship with uh, KJ at um, St. John's. And I remember when I showed the film to Chris Mullin, and he was in awe. And I continued to show more and more film on him. his national team coach was the one that reached out to me. And said, I have to do this because he is the best shooter since that I've ever seen since Chris Mullen. Mm. And this is an older guy that's been around the block, professional coach at all kinds of levels, and currently the national team coach for Japan. And I will say that I hate to do the comparison game because it's unfair. Sure. But, man, can he shoot the ball? You're talking about range that... You have to guard him right when he hits half court. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's legit. He has that type of range and effectiveness. And the thing that separates him, he played year one at Ranger College for Billy Gillespie. Billy Mm, Gillespie is an acclaimed coach. Yes. And where Billy Gillespie has always had success is toughness in defense. And he always told me, Matt, his strongest – Asset of a play as a player his shooting abilities elite. It's his toughness. Right. And that to me always spoke volumes because listen, do, do you have reservations? He is smaller, you know, athletically. Can he play at this level? And Billy Gillespie says, hands down, athleticism is above average, better than you would think. And his overall toughness and willingness to guard really separates him. And, and coming from him, you have to respect that and, right. and take it for for where it's coming from. And i um, very excited about him. He had an absolutely incredible uh, national tournament where he really carried his team every second half of every game and put on a show. Um, he's a guy that just draws attention. He might not necessarily be the guy that goes off, because he's going to draw the attention exactly down a report.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, create space for Trey and Bryce and Delano to get downhill because you, you don't, you're not stepping off that dude. You know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, no doubt. It's they they impact everything. What about Breidenbach? You you brought up that he had visited early. He had a lot of he had a lot of options. Pretty highly touted dude. He's a four star six nine kid. Yeah. I mean, what's what's his game like? He
1: is. The closest thing that I've been around that can translate to being a kid we had at Iowa State, George Niang. Okay. And why I say that is George's offensive ability is, is elite, which is why he has stuck in the league and his IQ and just overall feel. But what made George special is his passing ability. And that's Wilhelm's strongest ability as a player is his passing ability. And his overall skill set translates so perfectly to Fred's system that there is there is a lot of excitement to, to have a player like him because we don't have one like him where there is a legitimate opportunity for him to bring the ball up, initiate the offense, um, use him on the perimeter, use him on the block. He's a right-handed player. If you watch him, you think he's a lefty. His left hand is so effective. Um, he's got an old school type game to him where he shoots that like push hook shot. Yeah. It seems like from the three point line, even though it's probably from like 10 feet out, but you know, those are shots that you saw Kevin McHale take. You don't right. see that in today's day and age.
0: Right. Uh, we had
1: a guy when I was with the T wolves with Fred Al Jefferson who had this push shot off the palm of his hand that he had such beautiful touch from like 18 feet in. And that's where I I see Wilhelm is just his touch, his feel, the IQ, knowing this offense, uh, playing five out just fits so perfectly. So very, very excited about him. And, you know, listen, I'm not the type to to hype somebody up. It's not who I am. I try and call it how it is. I mean, the sense that I have in my voice is excitement because these are players that really do truly fit what we're trying to do and and build that translates to success for us
0: what about the other the 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 seven foot lithuanian kid uh oleg i mean what tell me tell me about him and usually the 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 foreign bigs are super skilled can maybe step out and shoot it is that is that what he's like what's he like
1: yeah you know listen very skilled you know uh two years ago 18 months ago um he played in an event overseas where there were scouts and there was an article written about him that if he was in the States, he'd be a top 50 overall player. He's got the talent from the physical standpoint. Listen, it's always a major adjustment yep. for any European to walk in to a level like the big 10 and uh, not ex- expect that there's going to be some type of physicality um, that you're going to have to gain over the course of the off season. And that's the biggest thing for, for all is, you know, from June to November, gaining weight as much as possible, getting stronger as much as possible. But there's no doubt. I mean, you can't teach seven feet. He can move. Yeah. You can't teach that at seven feet when you can move as fluid as he does and just overall feel IQ. He can step out, knock down the three. So there is excitement about him. And, you know, we'll also understand and realistic that it could take some time. Sure.
0: Though. What about that? You had a late addition, McPherson, who's a, yeah. a 6'3 kid from Missouri – um, is he is he more of a point guard? Yeah, I mean, he's – I
1: always – I've known him for a while. His game is the old school, tough New York City guard gotcha. that you find on the playground that you do not want him to guard you. Right. He is a kid that is not going to back down from Trey McGowan's or Delano Banner's. Bryce McGowans or C.J. Wiltshire, he's going to make them so much better. And it is going to be a difficult decision night in and night out because the intangibles he's going to bring from day one are certainly not only going to help us internally preparing for games, but also helping us actually win games. And he is an older kid because he did a prep year, and he's a kid that fell victim to the covid yeah. restrictions and shutdown of not really being recruited cuz he did have high majors on him prior to the shutdown um but to me he's a type of kid that wants to work he's going to do his part and i really do think his upside is absolutely tremendous and you know he's really excited about learning from from Fred and and becoming a better knockdown shooter his mechanics are good right now but definitely can be elevated to being a lot better of a shooter and but just toughness. Um certainly a guy you can also in an emergency situation you brought up um play on the ball where he can facilitate and initiate right. the offense.
0: We'll talk about the two transfers get you out of here, Matt. Uh C- yeah. C- CJ Wilcher, the the from Xavier. Yeah. I got to see CJ play a few times because of, of of covering the of Big course. East and you know I mean when he came in it's just like super confident, right? Yeah. Like super confident guy and you know, he was the type of dude that maybe would would get spot minutes but would come in and in 60 seconds hit back-to-back threes. You know, yeah, and that's, exactly. that that's not easy. Like is that is is what I saw what I'm going to get at Nebraska like a super confident kid that is capable of shooting the rock.
1: Yeah, he's really really talented. Um you know, when you get a transfer as a fan, you just Google a kid's name and see what he did. Um, in games, and he did not play the minutes um, that could support on how really good and talented of a player he is. His work ethic's ridiculous. Um, He's an elite, elite shooter, another unlimited range type guy. Um, He has sneaky athleticism. His body is tremendous, fits the league perfectly, Big Ten. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're talking about somebody that, fits perfectly he's got a chip on his shoulder um you know like a lot of these transfers do coming in here you know former top 100 player coming out of high school um but yeah he's a he's a kid leadership skills um through because of his work ethic and who he is as a person overly excited because i i think that kid has a chance to be a highly impactful player for us
0: what about Keon Edwards, 6'7", DePaul transfer? I'm trying to remember, you know, and I, I did a couple of DePaul games and talking to, to Coach Lato. Yeah,
1: you wouldn't have seen him Yeah, he, he really didn't play. Right.
0: So, Get, lay it out. Lay, well, lay out the story for him because yeah. he's got an interesting so, journey.
1: He Because of COVID, the easy thing to do was panic, especially if you were in a position to be a recruitable athlete. And he had his list of schools, and clearly it was a great list of schools, and – he could enroll at DePaul at mid because he already met all his eligibility requirements. So he gets there in January, and you know this because you cover the league. DePaul got hit by COVID. rushed More than anyone in the, in the Big East was yes. just play two games, get shut down, play three games, get right. shut down. Then it just it seemed like it was a repetitive thing throughout the year for them. So he gets to DePaul, and there's a shutdown immediately. Then the shutdown gets lifted. Then he gets COVID. Right. So that's four weeks that are just literally wasted um, where he could have potentially been working out, adjusting, learning the offense, learning the philosophies at the Paul. That didn't happen. So because of that, it's already February. There's only five weeks left. Yeah, he hardly even played. Um, right. Now you're talking about talent. Yes. Absolute phenomenal talent. Um, when we're talking about a former top 40 player at um, a high school, if he would have just stayed in the 21 class, he would have been a, a top 40 player. Right. And with his decision to, to go early, kind of the ranking gets screwed up and gets thrown out. Um, but you're talking about another elite shooter. His skill set, his stroke is beautiful. Um, athleticism's there playing in the up-tempo style. I mean, just envision him running the wing and beating the guy down the floor and having wide-open corner threes and shooting at a high clip. um, Another elite character kid that's about the right stuff. Um, You know, is another uh, iso-type player that's going to be able to beat his defender off the dribble. So, yeah, a lot of excitement, you know, with the two transfers, just adding the shooting that we're adding um, with this system. You can never have enough of it.
0: Right, we'll get you out of here on this. As a New York guy, you got New York Knicks fever right now. Four oh, seed in the man. East, Tony Absolutely. hosting Atlanta. Let's so, go.
1: I told my wife <laughs> whenever the time gets announced that Sunday. I'm not sure for the first couple minutes I'll actually be able to <laughs> watch the game because there was be there's going to be so much emotion. There, as big of a Mets and Giants fan as I am the Knicks in the 90s. I was fortunate enough to go to so many of those big-time games and yeah. moments at the Garden where it's going to be emotional. It's emotional for Knicks fans. Like, it's been a long time. It's a beaten-up fan base. And to be able to go out there on Sunday and and have a series where, you know, we have a shot to win. Absolutely. And, and, and go and play the Sixers, which, you know, that's a dream come true just to have a chance to – mess with them and right. make life difficult <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's big time the nba is better when the knicks are good
0: 100 100
1: the nba the nba i don't even know when the last time the celtics the Knicks, and the lakers were all in the playoffs right right long long time right. the nba needs the knicks to be relevant it's great for the league i know the garden's gonna be rocking i think they're increasing Seems like they're conveniently increasing the attendance <laughs> um, as every day goes yeah, by right. um, and realize, uh, you know, cause listen, man, you know, this covering the biggies, there is not a place more special than a sold out Madison nope. square garden. Nope. There, there just isn't. Nope. And I'll always be biased. Um, but there, there, there just isn't, there's an appreciation for basketball that happens in that gym that is unlike any place right. in the country. And, you know, Knicks fans, there's a lot of penned up frustration. I mean, most specifically, I mean, Spike Lee, I'm sure he's <laughs> not even he's not even able to sleep throughout this entire week because I don't think there's a more committed fan no. than him sitting there through all these bad years. So, yeah, man, long, long answer, but the excitement you can man, hear is it, big it. time. Well, hey,
0: <laughs> I know you're excited, but I'll, I'll get you out of here with a stat that'll make you feel better. In, in three games against Atlanta this year, Julius Randle averaged 37 points per game and 12 <laughs> rebounds per game. There you go. How
1: what that? what he's done Man. this year, I mean, because personally, I don't know how you feel. I, I never saw this in Julius Randle. No. no, And he is a franchise. And the thing is, is, you know, sometimes like Linsanity, right? It was yeah. like two weeks of just crazy statistics. <laughs> right? Dude, Julius Randle, night in, night out, put up crazy numbers. Right. And to say that he was an MVP candidate, he's a top three MVP candidate. Yes. Right. In the it's league. It's crazy. So that's there's a lot of excitement. I don't want to look at the offseason because that's where the Knicks have screwed up tremendously <laughs> in the last two decades. I'm just going to focus on... The fact that there's a playoff game at Madison Square Garden Sunday, I whatever love happens this offseason happens. Love because we we got to live in the moment. We yep. don't know when the next moment will happen.
0: I love it. Matt Abdelmassy. Matt, hey, man, really appreciate your time. Really appreciate Absolutely. your insight. Uh, I know these Husker Hoops fans are going to love listening to this. This was great, my man. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Nick. Take care, man. All right, Matt.